0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ath Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and thank you for tuning in on this bright and early Monday morning. Thank you for coming here for these daily uploads. You know how we do it down here. Ath Geeks podcast where athletes and geeks collide. You know how we get down. But, you know, I'm sorry we didn't get y'all those two episodes over the weekend as y'all already know, if you're a routine listener, there's two things that are guaranteed in this world. And that's me getting sick and me getting sick. That's just how it is. Um, I got a weak, 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 weak immune system to where it's almost a guarantee I'm getting sick once a month. As you can tell in my voice, I'm getting sick once a month. Whether it be like actually sick or whether it be really, really bad allergies, it's going to kick in. So I was planning to record that episode Saturday morning, bright and early, after Friday night's game. But I slept in until the first game Saturday. By the time I woke up, the Raptors 76 game was starting. So I was like, you know what? Uh, By the time I get this episode out and everything, we're going to be halfway through the game. So let's just move on. We'll just make up for it the next day. Same thing happened the next day. All right. So we'll just start again bright and early Monday morning. However, we wee wee. It was a busy, busy, busy weekend. It was an interesting weekend. Friday night, you had the Bucks come out there, dominate the Bulls, let them know where they stand. They did it again last night. They dominated the Bulls once again. Grayson Allen cooked both uh, like he he cooked both games. Last night he had twenty seven and the night before he also cooked. It was just a it was just a disgusting game. He had twenty two. And it's just it's just y'all Chris Middleton's out and y'all can't take advantage of this situation Chicago. Um that's pretty disgusting to me. It's pretty sad, it's pretty bad for all the hype that was around them, for them not to be able to take advantage of a Milwaukee team without Chris Middleton and let Grayson Allen be the one that cooked them in his place. That's kind of bad. You have Grayson Allen scoring more points than Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, and that's just that's just unacceptable. We can't have them going out there like that. <coughs> Excuse me. Can't have them going out like that. Getting cooked both games. Getting outplayed by Grayson Allen both games. That's just absolutely unacceptable. It's just you can't you can't you can't go out like that. You can't. But then again, we didn't really have high hopes for Chicago. Everybody was anticipating a sweep. Well, worst case scenario, a gentleman sweep. And that's what this one's looking like. Uh, Milwaukee's now up 3 1. I think we both know, we all know how this is gonna end. We're gonna go ahead and get this gentleman sweep. Same thing with um Miami Atlanta. Atlanta got a little hope in game three when they won off that Jimmy Butler missed game winner. Jimmy Butler, if he didn't sell right there, this game should be, uh, this series should already be over. It should have been a sweep. It should have been a sweep. Because Trey Young still didn't play too well in game three, but he was kind of let off the hook because Jimmy Butler, on that game one, he held the ball, he held the ball, he held the ball, and then he forced up a bad shot. He gets a good shot out of that. It's a wrap. <clears throat> Packing Atlanta up. Atlanta. Atlanta is, whew, Atlanta is, Atlanta's doing what he's supposed to do. Atlanta's doing, I said Atlanta, the, the Miami Heat are doing what they're supposed to do. Atlanta has Trey Young, and Trey Young has been Clint. Trey Young has been in a solitary confinement. That's twice this series he's had more uh, turnovers than field goals made. Last night he had nine points, five assists, on 27% shooting, 30% from the three. Five turnovers and was a minus twenty-seven. This Miami Heat defense is legit. They packed Trey Young up. They got him out of here. He's about to be gone here. This is not New York. This is not um what's called Philly. You getting packed up. You getting packed up by a legit defense. And It's tough because the only reason you have Trey Young on the court is to score. So when Trey Young isn't bringing that offense and he isn't scoring, then it's kind of like, we don't have a reason for you. That's why he's kind of a minus on the court. On games like this, when Trey Young isn't scoring, he isn't facilitating, he isn't bringing you anything offensively, and that's all he has is his elite offensive game, then you can't justify him being on the court. Because he brings absolutely nothing on defense. He's a negative on defense. He's not grabbing you any boards. He's just there to score and facilitate. So this Miami series has let you know, like, where he's staying. So it's kind of like, it lets you know his ceiling. Yeah, Trey Young can be an amazing player. And we all have high hopes for Trey Young. But I'm like, there's a certain, there's levels to this. And there's a certain ceiling he can get to where... It other people don't have to worry about like because he's an undersized guard, like when people compare him to Luca, when people compare him to these other guards and these other players in the n b a it's like yes, but you're like five eleven you're it's kind of like the i t syndrome except for a much much better version, obviously, but it's kind of like that to where it's like you have to put up phenomenal numbers to justify you being on the court because you're undersized if you were six seven and you were struggling shooting-wise, then you can make up for it on defense. You can make up for it on rebound. You can make up for all all the other things. I know other people are like, um, his size has nothing to do with his defense because of effort, but it does play a part because they just body him. He's too small. I agree that he can give more effort on defense end, but there's only so much he can do. So when you have a player like that, like they, they, they obviously cap out to a certain tier of players. He, it's hard. Cause I know people want to, he had an amazing regular season, and people were like, well, he should be this, he should be that. And it's like, it's hard to justify him ever being in that tier one of players. He's just going to always be forever a tier two, tier three type player because of his limitations. And we're going to talk about limitations later on, too. And so we're just going to – it's just surprising to me that he kind of gets a pass in that regard because of his amazing offensive ability. And I know people say he's a bad defender, but people also say he's a top – they know point guard in the league. And it's like it's hard for you to justify that because if people apply that much pressure on you in the playoffs to where you can't affect the game in other ways – Cause you can't handle pressure, it's kind of tough, but hopefully, he bounces back next year. He proves me wrong. Atlanta adds some more pieces so that they can't just apply so, so much pressure to him. And we see what goes on. We see what goes on. Hopefully, he puts on more muscle in the offseason and he's ready for next season. So you know, I'm I, I want him to succeed. I want him to say, I know I'm talking bad about him, but I'm just telling the truth right now. I want him to succeed, though. And then, um, the last game that we had Friday night. We had Phoenix in New Orleans. Friday, they were talking sweet because they were like, Chris Paul, 28, 14, packing New Orleans up, everything like that. But Brandon Ingram almost had him his T-Mac moment. I, I even tweeted, I said, B. I about to have a T-Mac moment? And come back, cause you know he was cooking in that last time, but it was too little, too late. It's Too little, too late. But last night they came out there and packed them up. Where's that leadership at? Where's that leadership at? Where that that leadership had you have four and eleven? That leadership had you as a minus fourteen. That leadership had you have more turnovers than field goals made. That leadership, that leadership, that's the MVP. Man, I I don't like coming on here and disrespecting players like Chris Paul and stuff because, you know, they got a great legacy, all-time great, one of the greatest point guards of all time. I just hate when the media pushes their narrative and takes away credit from one player to give credit to another. I just don't like when they do that because, like, Two things to me, like yes, Chris Paul helped Phoenix become a championship contender. However, Devin Booker was him before Chris Paul got there, and Devin Booker's still him. Even the games Devin Chris Paul's not there, Devin Booker was still him. Last year, when Devin Booker was dropping thirty and forty burgers in that playoffs, come on now, Devin Booker never never got his credit because they were like. They started to at the very 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 end. They like they they pushed that narrative for like 2 days at the end of the season. But 99% of the season, all the credit went to CP3. And I don't understand that. I don't understand how CP3 got all the credit but he doesn't get the blame. He gets all the credit and saying, "Oh, even when somebody else goes crazy. When Devin Booker had that 40-point game, Chris Paul got the credit. When Devin Booker went off and Chris Paul wasn't even playing this regular season, they say, oh, he's taking another leap to his game thanks to Chris Paul and his leadership. They were talking about Chris Paul's leadership and Devin Booker wasn't, I mean, Chris Paul wasn't even on the court. Chris Paul wasn't even playing that game and Devin Booker was taking over the game and winning the game. And they gave the credit to Chris Paul and his leadership towards how they won the game and how Devin Booker performed and why they're winning so much. So, using their standards, if they're going to give him all the credit, then I want to see. That's why I said I want to see what happens. Devin Booker's going to be out a few games. All that leadership talk, all that he's, like, CP's the actual MVP, I want to see it. And we didn't see it. He didn't score in the final 42 minutes of the game. You heard me right, 42 minutes. There's only 48 minutes in the game. He started off good. He scored in the first quarter, and I was looking at the game. I was like, "Ooh, this might be a nice little, another little game." He got packed up after that. He got packed up after that. It was just, it was bad. He got packed up bad. they were missing Devin Booker last night. Brandon Ingram was just, oh my god, Brandon Ingram is constantly every day, every game showing why. He's him. Him University. Brandon Ingram's bag is so deep. And Brandon Ingram such a good scorer without relying on just the three-point line. Because he can shoot the three, but he's not the greatest three-point shooter. He's like an a average, slightly above average three-point shooter. So most of his buckets are coming from in the paint, in the mid-range. Just smooth buckets. Just smooth buckets. It's an enjoyable thing to see. CJ McCollum's still cool out there. But Valanchunas is the one that's been dominating. Whew. has been dominating this series. And you have DeAndre Ayton on the opposite side. And DeAndre Ayton is wanting his max contract, which to an extent he deserves. However. It's hard to justify giving you a max contract when we have Devin Booker. You're supposed to be a max player. We have Devin Booker going out. We're trying to rely on you and Chris Paul, but you're getting you're letting Valanciunas just do whatever he wants, and it's just it's just kind of tough in that regard because it's like Valanciunas is cool. Valanciunas is a really 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 good player. However, Valanchunas shouldn't be looking significantly, and I mean significantly, better than you are this series. He shouldn't be dominating offensively while dominating the boards and dominating every other regard while we have you on the court. Because why do we have you on the court then, DeAndre Ayton? You're supposed to be a really, really, really good two-way player, but I'm not saying the two-way impact When Valanciunas is going off like this. Like you look like he had. I know you're going to be like. Valanciunas only had like two good games this year. But it's like. Even with those two good games. He's still dominating the rebound battle. And so I just I'm just saying I need more. I need more when it comes to DeAndre or Aiton. I need to see why you're a max player. We're talking about Chris Paul because they gave Chris Paul all that credit. However, I need I still need you to step up and do what you're supposed to as well. I just do. I, I need you to step up as well. Um, then you have Saturday. Yeah, uh, Philadelphia Raptors. Raptors finally they got their one game, the a gentleman sweep, and Raptors fans were talking crazy once again. They were talking, they were talking really crazy, being really toxic online. But at the same time, to an extent, I understand because, um, they're talking trash about Embiid and Harden's foul baiting, and how Toronto obviously got the free throw, won the free throw battle this game. They clearly won the free throw battle. They shot ten more free throws than Philadelphia, which is unusual when you have James Harden and um, Joel Embiid on the team. It's unusual to win the free throw battle like that. And John B was very upset saying he was getting fouled. How a lot of other things they were getting fouls for weren't fouls. And he was very upset with the rest. But the Raptors were talking the noise. Um, they're still going to get the gentleman sweep. They're going back to Philadelphia to get this gentleman sweep. And then we're just going to move on from there. There's their, they they can talk all the trash they want. But they they earned their one win. They earned their one win. But it's still a gentleman sweep. Um, I'm still worried about Harden. I'm still still very worried about Harden. I know I've seen people uh, <clears throat> after the loss of another team we're going to talk about soon. Everybody was hyping up Harden and talking great about Harden like he hasn't been struggling since he's been in Philadelphia. He had a couple good games. But his playoff series, I don't think he's had one good shooting game yet. He's been shooting extremely poor, and it's been very, 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 very disgusting, honestly. He hasn't shot well at all. Um, he's facilitating still well, but just shooting wise, he's been he's been very bad. He's been shooting forty one percent from the field and thirty three percent from the three in this playoff series. And I'm like, yeah, he's averaging nine point eight assists a game, but we need more than you, Harden. We don't. Yes, you can play point guard, but we also need you to score at times. Like games where Embiid struggles. Like the other game, um, where they made it close, and in this game, obviously, where Embiid's struggling, Embiid has came out. Uh, they they came up with the MR and, MR and everything, and he has a messed up finger, so his fingers messed up. So you know, he's not gonna be at hundred percent. My opinion, honestly, is we're up three zero. Bench Embiid for the last game. He's obviously hurt. Don't even risk it. Don't play him last game. You have Tobias Harris, who's on a big contract, who's supposed to be giving you more. You have Tyrese Maxey, who has stepped up. And you have Harden, who is expecting a max deal next year. Um, That should be enough to get you past the Toronto Raptors. It, it, it should be. With a Hobble, Scotty Barnes, and like Prev Van Fleet not all the way there. So really you're going against Pascal Siakam and you telling me that lineup can't get you past Pascal Siakam. No disrespect to Pascal Siakam because he's a hooper and he put up some crazy numbers. He put up 34, but I'm kind of disappointed with Philadelphia because they should be able to get past that right there. Just like using that, they should be able to get past that. Um, Shout out to the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz as well. Donovan Mitchell finally passed Rudy Gobert. They were talking about like that might've been like his first pass of the game. You know, the narrative there, Rudy was very passionate at the end of that game. He put up 17 and 15. Donovan Mitchell gave you 23, 6, and 7. Um, Jordan Clark came off the bench, did what he was supposed to do. He gave y'all 25. And I mean, I can't get mad at the Mavericks, because who was expecting a lob to Rudy Gobert? Especially when you know it's very often that Donovan Mitchell doesn't pass Rudy Gobert. And when he did pass earlier that game, Rudy Gobert had another game where he was fumbling passes where he would miss a gimme, but then he got his board and go back up, but he was missing some give He's just not the best <clears throat> offensively, and it's crazy to say that because he still had 17 points, but at the end of the day, Rudy Gobert won the free throw battle, and it's disgusting to say that because he shot 9 for 18, only 50% from the free throw. They were playing hacker Rudy, but at the same time, they were also playing um, Hack a So in the in the clutch, Rudy Gobert hit his free throws, Dwight Powell didn't. And that was the end of this story. That that put Utah in a good position to get that game winner right there. Luka came down hit a big shot. They came down, got that lob. And then Luka kind of sold at the end because he looked like he was trying to get a shot. He couldn't find a good shot. He dribbled most of the clock out. He had a panic pass, uh, uh, I believe it was Spencer Dinwiddie, if I'm going off the top of my head, I believe it was Spencer Dinwiddie, and he had to shoot up a bad shot, and the Mavericks lost off that. Um, I mean, it is what it is. People were talking about, oh, the Mavericks played better with Luka. They were trying to start those narratives again, and they'd just be disgustingly bad because uh, if Luka doesn't play that game, they get blown out. Just going based off how everybody else played, because Jalen Brunson did not play well that game. Spencer Dinwiddie was awful that game. And so you don't have, like, like the same people you had step up originally, like Kleber and everybody else, they didn't step up this game. Luca was the only one that really stepped up this game. He gave you a 30-burger in his return. Take Luca off this team, right, that game. It's a blowout. But Jazz did what they were supposed to to tie it up 2-2. It should be interesting to see how games five and six go. Know um, that we're going back to Dallas. Let's see how let's see how it goes. Game five and six. Let's see how it turns. If they do lose these next two games with Luca, though, it's gonna look really bad for Mavericks fans. Um, next, let's talk about the Grizzlies and the T Wolves. Another series I was tied to the West. The West is just so much better than the East right now when it comes to the playoff series because everybody's, like, getting something interesting. Like, you look at the East, you have 3-1, 3-1, 3-1, 3-0, which is how it's supposed to be in the first round. And you look at the West, it's 2-2, 2-2, 2-2, 3-1, 2-2. Like, the only series is going, like, how it's supposed to is Golden State Denver. Everybody else is struggling. Like, Phoenix should have packed New Orleans up, but they're 2-2. That's that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's not supposed to be. Um, what's it called Memphis was supposed to pack Minnesota, but that's not how it's supposed to be. And I told y'all, if Cat can have some cat like games, I got Minnesota. I'm riding with Minnesota. And every time he's had a good game, they've won. Every time he's played awful, they lost. Cat gave you 33 and 14 tonight or that night, and he gave he gave what he was supposed to. He gave you that 33 and 14. He played like he was supposed to. And, of course, they had another protester. And they're 3-0 with the protesters. But you get a good game from Cap. And it's almost a guaranteed win during this series. Pat Bev. Pat Bev played really well. He had 17. And had 24. It's just. Minnesota just played. They just outplayed them. And Jaw has been looking awful this year. Shout out to Desmond Bay. No, Desmond Bay had 34. And Dylan Brooks had 24, I believe, off the top of my head. jaw's been playing awful jaw jaw has been looking very 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 bad this playoff series it just it hasn't looked good at all um yeah if you just look at a straight up box score you're like well he's averaging like 20 and 10 but it's like yeah but he's not a good three-point shooter and he's not hitting his shots around the paint they're playing him really good in the paint they're going under strings he's shooting 40 percent from the field as a guard which is disgusting 27 percent from the three-point line averaging four turnovers a game and they're just playing him really, really well. Like they're, they're basically eliminating Jaw from this series and not enough people, a lot of people aren't talking about it because the the series is close. That's why people are giving credit to the other team. Instead of just diminishing Jaw, which they're doing for these other players for the other players. It's like, Oh, that player sinks all oh, that player X, Y, and Z. But as of right now, Jaw is the similar as Trey Young to where he brings nothing defensively, and I mean nothing except for an occasional nasty chase down block. Like, oh, he got a nice chase down block. Other than that, he brings nothing defensively, which doesn't make sense with how athletic he is. Um, so like or similar to like Donovan Mitchell, like those players like that, that are all offense that don't bring anything on the defensive side. It's kind of like we need y'all to step up so when you're not scoring and you're shooting very very badly and shooting poorly and not bringing much offense we need you to step up on the other end to you know to make up for that we 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 just need you to make up for it in other ways and i mean don't get me wrong jaw's still doing it he had 15 assists eight boards he's still contributing and he's still being aggressive and the defense has to respect him because he's Jaw Morant. they have to respect him so he's creating open shots for his teammates but it's just like you got to have these extraordinary games. Your teammates have been playing lights out this series because you know you're not making up for it. Same thing for Jared Jackson Jr. Jared Jackson Jr. has looked awful this series. He's not bringing you anything on the offensive end. He's and everybody's like, oh, he's a stretch big. He not he hasn't been a stretch big this year. It's, he's been awful shooting this wide shooting wise, and offensively altogether. He's been awful this series. Defensively, he's not even bringing you anything. He's in foul trouble 90% of the time. He fouled out again this game. He's not blocked. Like, other than that first seven-block game where he was still in foul trouble, he hasn't brought you anything defensively, and he was a DPOY candidate and going to be an all-defensive member. But he's not bringing you anything offensively or defensively, and it's supposed to be your second-best player on your team, and he's not doing anything for you. Um, Memphis just got to step it up. Memphis has to step it up, or... This is gonna be a stain. This is gonna be a big stain early on, and it's gonna be a long off season. Otherwise, they've been running their mouth a lot. They've been front running. Uh, Memphis has been front running, and we're just gonna see how that goes. We're gonna see how it ends up. It's a tie series, two-two. We're gonna see how the next game goes. Um, last game I want to discuss because we really don't need to discuss that Golden State. Well, we can't go. Go Sunday we had Golden State and um what's called Denver. That's the last game other than the game we're about to talk about. That was last game Sunday that we haven't discussed yet. I mean, gentlemen sweep still. Jokic went crazy in the first quarter. Jokic went crazy, period. The bench players finally stepped up, and then the narrative kind of tried to change. People were on towards like, oh, I thought Jokic didn't have any help. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Y'all just trying to – I don't get the hate on Jokic. I don't get the hate on Jokic, especially when it comes to other play like Jokic doesn't get like Jokic gets slandered when other ple- people don't, and it just doesn't make sense. Jokic just putting he put up thirty seven eight and six on fourteen to twenty one shooting and still got slandered. Last game when he also put up crazy numbers, got slandered. But then you have these other players that are avoiding like torment and avoiding the slander, which doesn't make sense to me. Aaron Gordon had a good game this game. Morris on the Morris like he was going crazy. He had five threes. And it's just, yeah, Bones Highland. You had you just had a lot of the role players finally stepped up. You finally had a game where they stepped up. Um, Jordan Poole laid a goose egg this game. He wasn't he wasn't him university this game. You saw Clay and Steph go crazy. Both gave you thirty plus. They tried to bring them back at the end when the, the Nuggets had a big lead, but. They choked it away at the end because they called in that lob play. But then once you heard Jokic say, it's a lob, it's a lob, it's a lob, calling it out, y'all still ran the play anyway. That's bad coaching, and that's low basketball IQ because it's like you hear him calling out the play, telling what it's going to be, and y'all still did it anyway. Y'all like, oh, we know it's this, this, and that. They We know they know our play. But we still going to run it anyway. Oh, our play didn't work? How come it didn't work? It's like they didn't—they just called your play out. That was very idiotic, but even with this really, really one really good game from Denver, we're still going back to Golden State to get them packed up and get a gentleman's sweep, and they're just going to be the first team in the West to go ahead and do what they're supposed to and eliminate their team. Last game of the night we want to talk about is Brooklyn-Boston. I wanted to give this series its own episode. And I promise you, if Brooklyn gets packed up this next game tomorrow or tonight now, they get packed up tonight, don't even expect an episode about any other team tomorrow. We are only talking Brooklyn-Boston. We are only talking Brooklyn-Boston. So there's other things I want to say, but I'm going to save it for that episode. Uh, Jason Tatum gave you 39. Jalen Brown gave you 23. Bruce Brown, get that man some help. Get Bruce Brown some help, man. That man had 26. Get Bruce Brown some help, man. He needs some help. He can't do it by himself. Get Bruce Brown some help, man. KD had 16. He didn't even look engaged. Kyrie had 16 on 6 to 17 shooting. He didn't look engaged. The rest of the role players didn't step up. Andre Drummond gave you 2 and 3. Clarkson gave you 13 and 7. Patty Mills gave you 12. Seth gave you 10. Drive just ain't give you nothing. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Peyton Pritchard came in there and was 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 just cooking up. Peyton Pritchard came in there. It was ISOing, and then It was just chalk it up past that. Excuse me. It was just chalk it up past that. Like I said, we're gonna save that game. There's no Boston up 3-0. Let Brooklyn not show up for this last game. Let Brooklyn not show up for this last game. Y'all going to get a special dedicated episode for that. But anyways, it's been the Athletes Podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we out.